Hello, and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I'm the founder of Core Women, and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Tandy Guterres, who is an internationally recognized educator in the fitness and wellness industry for over 20 years. She is the founder and creator of unicornwellnessstudio.com, and she is an author. Let's get right into talking about your journey, wellness, and what you have created to help others in their wellness journey, Tandy. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. This is a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you for being on the Core Women podcast. So let's get started off by talking about your wellness journey. My wellness journey has been a very long one and it has um, spanned, you know, a a lifetime. Um, I had a lot of mysterious physical functional things um, in my 20s and was actively pursuing, you know, healthcare and and alternative practitioners trying to figure out what was going on. A lot of digestive issues, bloating, you know, chronic diarrhea, let's just talk about it, and um, acne and and just real, all the messy things. And I'd go to doctors and they'd be like, well, it just must be stress and hand me prescriptions for antidepressants. And I just thought, no, (laughs) like, this is not, I get it. I'm a human and it's stressful to be human, but that is not what's happening here. Um, Fast forward 12 years later, um, they, you know, I had a nodule in my thyroid, um, but they had tested it throughout. But 12 years after the initial test, um, the levels started to be off and very, very off. And I had a doctor who was like, how did anybody miss this? And I was like, I have no idea, like no idea. I've been tested and biopsied and tested and biopsied. Um, And so I ended up having a thyroidectomy. Um, And after that happened, because of some medications, they diagnosed me with celiac. Um, And so, you know, IBS in the the medical community is kind of the I don't know diagnosis. Okay. Um, And so they finally, you know, into my 30s, and this had been going on since I was 18. began to have some diagnoses, but they still couldn't, none of my symptom, my day-to-day stuff, my symptomatic things were getting any better. And in fact, they were getting worse. Wow. Um, Yeah. It was like supposed to be this like dead ringer, like we're going to take the thyroid out because the medication you'll be on afterwards is easier to regulate. Okay. And um, it got worse um, because the medication they put me on had gluten in it. And this is how we figured out I had celiac. (laughs) So there were blessings in the mix. But meanwhile, none of it made my day to day any better. I still struggled with chronic fatigue. I still fluctuated between chronic diarrhea and chronic constipation. My skin was terrible. And, you know, over those 12 years, I did as much research and self-advocacy as I could. And that's really when like, the paleo, you know, lifestyle was coming out and all of these things. So there were a few resources at the time, but again, none of them did what I needed it to do for my body. Um, I had taught in the fitness and wellness industry. I still do. Um, And so was very aware and very educated, but just felt at a loss. Like why couldn't anybody give me a straightforward list of what to check off, to check for things, 
Um, I was spending crazy amounts of money trying to get answers. And I got down to a place where I finally found a um, endocrinologist who listened <laughs> and, and changed medications and changed dosages based on how I felt rather than just the numbers, which is huge, huge, um, huge and huge. really rare. This is yeah. coming from me who's lived, you know, LA, Austin, New York, big cities, sure. um, good health care, but have really gone through the gamut of, of practitioners and, and doctors. So that combined with my knowledge of fitness and wellness just made me go deeper into the wellness um, aspect of things and really got like diligent about my self-care, about my sleeping patterns, how much sleep I really needed, hydration big time and food. I wrote a 41 day food reset because all of the food protocols that were out there were very useful, very useful, but none of them got me to a place of stability or of consistent health. And what that looked like for me was waking up, not feeling exhausted, having consistent solid bowel movements, you know, during the week right. and not having my skin break out because from a holistic standpoint, you know, cystic acne is inflammation and um, toxins trying to make their way out of your body. Yeah. So the combo of things, I ended up writing my own food reset and had these incredible upswings from it. Um, I was still teaching my, my major, you know, calling card is still movement, um, Pilates and yoga based, um, but very functional movement also. So it's not just yoga or Pilates. Um, and I got really strict about only doing movement 30 minutes at a time. So I finally hunkered down and listened to my intuition blended with the research and, and the knowledge I had from the fitness and wellness industry. Um, but really listened to what my body was doing and started to tweak and play with it and had these incredible upswings from it. And this is like, you know, seven years running now. Um, and I had clients who could see what was happening in me. And I ended up sharing the food reset, which is in the unicorn wellness handbook and changing really how I taught based strictly on these self-care methods because it's a do no harm thing for women in general and just started seeing beautiful upswings um, in members and clients and people kind of coming to it to see the work that was just different enough from everything else um, that allowed them to make peace with their bodies. Right. Now, okay, there's so much that you've just said that I really <laughs> want to touch on because the, the, your, okay, the words that you use, the acceptance that you, you know, you've experienced in regards to your body, the advocacy that you had to do for yourself versus other people helping you along the way, seeing practitioners, not having them listen to you, knowing that wellness is not unidimensional, it's multidimensional, that there are multiple factors. I mean, so there's so much that, like in that soundbite that you've just like provided, there was so much there. So number yeah. one, I'm going to start off of like, wow, what a journey. Two, I'm so impressed that you continue to advocate for yourself because many times a practitioner will go to uh, well, you know what, it must be, you know, what's going on, a lot of stress. So let's, let's see if we can try some 
some type of psychotropic medication where that might allay some of this, this tension or angst or whatever, when in actuality, there were, you, had, you were presenting with symptoms that were very biological, but they weren't listening to the other factors necessarily. So they wanted to do maybe a, what they might consider a quick fix, you know, to uh, this might help her, you know, if she settles down a little bit, you know, this might really help her just in general. Absolutely. Right? And it's like, oh yeah, it's kind of minimizing, you know, and condescending because you don't feel here heard. And, and yeah. wellness isn't just about, you know, wellness with your brain and emotional wellness is so important. Yes, I get that. But if you know your body well, you know that you're having changes, you're not going high right, you're, you're having cystic acne. There's a lot of symptoms going on here that are biological that they needed to attend to. And then on top of that, here you are, you had a thyroidectomy, you had all these things go on and yet they're still not helping and you continue to have symptoms. So number two was, I go back to Bravo to you for continuing to advocate for yourself because many people might just fall into the trap of, oh, the doctor's right. And I'm just feeling a little, I'm just feeling out of sorts. And, you know, it's, I feel so, you know, and might continue to feel so unheard and crazy of sorts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. This is, I'm a huge, like, this is huge because this is everything. Right. right. That, Western medicine is beautiful for a lot of things. And I'm totally an advocate for science, right? I don't have a thyroid anymore. I need daily medication. I wouldn't right. be alive and be here if we couldn't do that. And it got to a stage where that was necessary. However, Western medicine also fails in a lot of spots. Um, and mostly culturally, because mm -hmm. we think that because they are doctors and bless them for spending eight years or more of their life in, you know, their expertise. Right. However, they're not trained in everything and they're not trained to listen particularly to the patient because so we get into this cultural thing of, well, they know best and they know better and they know my body better than I do because they're smarter than I am. And I, you know, bless my Taurus sun astrology. I'm persistent above all things. And I just got to a place of I totally felt demeaned and degraded and patted right. on the head and made to feel little and young. Um, and I was young and I'm 41 now and I still look younger, but I get treated in that way. Right. Nice. And it's just demeaning and degrading. And historically Western medicine does disempower women. Right. You know, great that there's a patch of, of, Caucasian on me, but you know, women of color, people of color get it even worse. They're not right. listened to the things that don't, this is fact in our medical, you know, stratosphere. Oh, yeah. So it's really hard to advocate for ourselves because at every turn, we are culturally inundated with, well, you just don't know as much as I do. Yeah, but I know how I feel, and that has to come into account somewhere Absolutely. along the path. Oh, yes, you're so right. Kudos to you because you give a lot of positivity and remarks towards the medical idea of like being a practitioner. And yes, westernized medicine, you know, has its place and is so important. However, you're right. Not everything is known the way they practice cultural aspects. 
come into play. You know, having lived in a different country, having lived in Japan, I know, you know, mm. being the way they, they practice versus the way Westernized medicine practices, how they, we practice Western medicine is so different. So I know that there are a lot of different, just from living out of the country and, and becoming more familiar with their practices, I know that there are different, just different ways of practicing and different methodologies and, and modalities of treatment, so to speak. And, and number one, we have to listen to the, the, the clients. We can't just be like, okay, we're going to get so clinical with them. Being somebody who has done clinical work in clinical settings, it's not just one factor. It's multiple factors. And we have to listen to the, the way the person is feeling. And it's so important because I'll give you an example. I went to go talk to some students at George Washington University and do a talk on some mental health issues and how to address people with mental health issues. and 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 what we forget to do. And some of that is reflective listening, <laughs> you know, and our, <laughs> our bedside manner. And it's so important because we can turn people off immediately. We need to know, you know, cultural factors and how we can engage from the perspective of interacting with people from different cultures. It, it's so, and cultural sensitivity. And it, all of this is so important. So you're absolutely right. I love that you mentioned so many things here. And then you go on to mention, you know, doing a food reset and then also what this journey looked like for you. And I say that and I give that quote because this is what you said, what it looked like for you. Now, to me, that tells me not every, everybody's journey looks the same. And right. so that's and where we have huge. Right. Right. So talk on that a little bit. Well, that's kind of my whole thing. So I came from a fitness background. I worked in the fitness industry, very prominently hardcore, like um, on both coasts um, for, I guess, like, God, how many years before, 12 years before we launched an online offering and I did something independently. But because everybody, there's so much beauty and mysteriousness in the physical body. I mean, it really is designed beautifully, but when it comes to science, as with everything else, there's so much we don't know that we can't account for. Like you said, there's so many variables. Right. And so when you look at a wellness or a fitness journey, and, and to me, fitness got really like, oh, just a whole nother ball of wax because fitness is not wellness. Fitness is like the physical manipulation of the body to get it to do something wellness is everything's working together there's joy there's peace there's happiness there's right. you know again functional bowel movements and like these are big sure. deals that is huge but everyone's yeah they really are it's huge. And, you know for women in particular we've got two gorgeous systems that really tell us how our health and wellness is and that's our cycle even if we don't bleed anymore right. and our bowel movements and we're not taught to be, you know, really up in our own business as we should be, but everybody's journey is different. There are definite staples and baselines that do work for everybody. Right. However, we're each such beautiful layer cakes of uniqueness, of age and stage and um, maybe, you know, illness and disease and all of these, you know, but also of benefits in the physical body. And so, it's really important to embrace that there are baselines that work for every physical body, right. but the variation on that will adjust per person. 
and where somebody comes into their wellness path is very different. So as a teacher, one of my biggest pieces is to give um, permission, but not like you need my permission, right. permission to be in your own body during a workout, permission to be in your own body when you do my food reset. The food reset that I have is very journal taking heavy because you are the one and you know your body best. Right. You know, there, there's a little double-edged sword from where I sit, but my goal is to empower people to listen to their own body, to be in conversation with their own body, and then be able to advocate and make choices based on that. And we're not taught to do that. We distance ourselves. We don't want to deal with it. We think that somebody else is always so much smarter than us. We need teachers, people to hold space. We need guidance and support, but we're very capable, right? And so right. this counts both on the mat in a physical workout, because when I teach people go, I can't do what you do. Yeah, well, you may not be supposed to. I've been doing this for 20 some years, like 23 years at this right. point. I hope, I mean, to be fair, like let's yeah. honor mastery and expertise. Right. Like, right. I kind of hope you don't show up on day one and can do what I can do. <laughs> right. That's kind right. of demeaning. Like I wasted a bunch of time, right. you know? <laughs> And like, right. no, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not the goal of a movement pattern is to show up and go, I can't do what the teacher does. The right. goal is to show up and go, I hear her cueing. She's a good teacher. I'm going to follow what she says so that I can connect to my own body, do right. as much of it as I'm capable of today. That in itself, I mean, this is the one of the basis of yoga is to be uncomfortable, to notice where you're at, to be with where you're at know that you may want to do more or do less and that has to be okay because we're here right now and so that in movement patterns that you show up and you do the best that you can that is enough that is productive for every single body if you are meeting yourself and your body that day that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing right. and then come back and repeat you know but we have such a I mean, there are so many layers, but they all go together in all of these topics. We have a quick fix culture that assumes that if we take a pill or put a Band-Aid on it, that it will immediately go away or be done. Right. That's not how things happen. It's not how you succeed. It's not how you reach a goal. It's not how a body functions. And we have to... I, I really love the word permission, not out of ego, but right. out of acceptance and self-grace. Right. We need to give ourselves permission to be where we're at. Maybe that's unhappy and unhealthy and fatigued and, you know, with broken out skin and upset stomachs. Okay, right. that's where we are. And maybe we're in a place of like, I don't know who's feeling like that. I rock and roll. I got energy for days. I am on the mat every day of my life. Like, awesome yeah but also understanding that there are cycles in that sure. we will all be in a place of rock and roll we will all <laughs> be in a place of disaster at some point oh yeah right <laughs> absolutely right? That's, and that's honest you know that's real you know yeah and, and so we have to accept that but many people it's like this tug of war that you play with yourself and they want to tug away from it rather than coming towards it and it's like, you're then perpetually in this tug, this war with yourself. And you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Accept where you are and, you know, in relation to be okay with here you are right now, accept that and 
you will gradually figure out what's going to be best for you. And, and that, I think, Tandy, is the issue too. People don't know, number one, to accept where they are right now. Number two is, like you said, you want to go from point A to point Z like yesterday. Right. And there's no process. And they want to forget about the process. I always correlate it to like when I was in college and I was going through statistics and, and my boyfriend, now husband at the time, would try and help me through a problem. And he's like, okay, Summer, you have to go through step one to step two. Step, and I'm like, no, but I don't want to. I want to throw this book out the seventh <laughs> floor window of this dorm. I don't want <laughs> And I was fighting it all the way because I absolutely detested statistics. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to do this. You know, right. I'm going to have to go through the process. And once I accepted that, I was like, okay, I wasn't resigned. I just understood it better. You know what I mean? This, yeah, it's so powerful and important because again, we live in a quick fix culture. And if you've grown up in this culture, it's, it's a capitalist culture. Again, there's right. benefits to that, but it's like, we assume that we can purchase something and that fixes what we need. The human body, I mean, if we're just talking about wellness here, right? Yeah, the right. human body is analog, old school, primal. It doesn't right. work that way. Right. Like. It just doesn't. And I'm sorry. And so we're being marketed and sold to like, do this for this amount of time. And, right. and you're like, and we wonder why we're not getting results. That's right. because we're being marketed to in a tech-based way. When our body has not caught up to all of these things, it still works in a primal fashion. And old school personal training, like just, I love the physical body, right? right. We're a 3D body. It, it has so many beautiful lessons for us. Right. When you get into, you know, purchasing personal training or training with a coach, you know what coaches really do? They put you on a four-week cycle. That's really, I mean, yes, we do more than that. And there's some real, you know, refinement it can be. But the reality of it is, is they just put you on a four-week cycle. There's right. a week of rest. There's two weeks of moderate movement. And there is one week where you get pushed and are asked to have the most of your exertion in that four-week cycle. Why? Because bodies function and respond in this manner. So the idea of process and steps is so huge. And I know, and I can speak from a place of personal experience because everybody's path is unique. But then again, as humans, there are groups of us that are uniquely alike. <laughs> you know, like yeah. not everybody's going to be me, but right. But those who need me and this audience and this path now have a home, right? Right. So there's, we're so exhausted and inundated in marketing when it comes to fitness and wellness that it's confusing. There's decision fatigue. And then there's just flat out, like, you want to have hope that something will work, which is where I was at. Right. And you keep investing, but nothing does. Right. So you're like just side eyeing everybody you know, angry and upset about the time and money you're spending. And then you just get exhausted and go, I'm not sure. doing, I think this is where so many women are at. I'm not doing anything else because nothing works. Uh, yeah. So on it. You are so right. They just lose. Like you said, you mentioned the word hope. They lose hope. Yeah. You know? It's disheartening. And this is where we get with maybe Western medicine because people don't listen. So you do start to lose hope because nobody's listening. So you start to 
feel like you're talking into a vacuum. You're not getting any results. Nobody's listening. So then you gaslight yourself. Well, then I must be wrong because right. nobody is listening. Yeah, like, exactly. You become discouraged, you know? Yeah. And, and where did you, and you know, I go back to where did, you know, if we were to go back and study people, you know, about this process, where did, where at their point in their journey, did they lose hope? Where did they become discouraged at what point? And it would be so interesting to see like how long it took somebody banging their head against a wall, going to mental, multiple practitioners, being told versus listened to, you know what I mean? Like what point, because truly if you were dealing with such and such for so long and trying to get your issues, answers, or ways to work on your issues for numerous years, Yet there was always, you always were able to keep a glimmer of hope. You know, you were always con- yeah. continued to advocate for yourself. But there are many people who were just like, eh, I give, uncle, that's it. Well, it's exhausting. I yes. mean, that's, that's again why I, this is literally, it, honestly, when we launched my first online offering about six and a half years ago, um, this is why it finally came to fruition was a quote, you know, it's like be who you want, who you needed in the world. Right. Yeah. I really just wished somebody, and there are so many good teachers. There are lots yeah. of people to follow. There really are. There are people doing good work in the world. But all that being said, I never found somebody that spoke to me, right? That made sense of the pieces that I had in play or what I was interested in. Right. And I did launch something because I wanted women in particular to hear you know, my old tagline was to learn to work with your body rather than against it. And you pointed that out in a different phrasing, even in this, you know, podcast, because right. we are taught to combat ourselves into submission to get well or to get fit. Right. That is not how it works. Right. I backed off of everything. And I just really, you know, you say that it's like, I just wanted more women to know that you can actually get more results because we're human and and we are mutable and we can change and we do want to and sometimes we really need to that you can do that by being more gentle and more kind and working with the body rather than against it and that's you know i've been feeling like i I scream into the void because it's such a noisy industry and space but i taught and I continue to teach because I don't want people to feel disempowered. I don't want them to feel hopeless. It's a terrible place to be in your physical body. Right. Oh, absolutely. So my question, this is like um, a multi-part question that I'm going to ask you because I think what we talked about is so important, but how do you perceive your role in changing like the paradigm from what we're being sold in relation to weight loss, to everything from not even, they don't use the word wellness necessarily, but how do we change the paradigm from something like weight loss to wellness and fitness to process? Um, What is really going to impact the psyche of people to understand that it is really about a process and it's about wellness and changing that paradigm from what's being sold? And then tapping into the psychology of lifestyle, behavior mod, perception of personal and community wellness. How do we do this? Because this is a lot. Because what we're being told right now <laughs> it's a lot. is yeah. 
he is like, here, you can do this. And you can do this in 24 hours. And over 24 oh hours, you lose 10 pounds. You know? <laughs> I have the same mocking voice, by the way. Um, it's like, it's you a, can I can I curse on your podcast? Absolutely. It's absolutely. Just a load of shit. I, I mean, know. just again. <laughs> You know, you and I've talked behind the scenes that, you know, what we're sold as a fitness industry is just a lie. It's now, crap. and it's yeah. hard. And here I am, and we talked about it too, like, you know, skinny white girl who's going to say, oh, it's a lie. Easy for her to say. I'm like, but I have spent so many years unwell and it being okay that I was unwell because I was skinny. That was another right. piece of it. So like, okay, it's a big question, but I, I think that, you know, how do we shift to this? Right. I'm going to be really honest and say, I don't totally know, but, but my hope is that I keep teaching. We have more teachers, more coaches, um, you know, embracing the reality of a body, meaning the reality of a body is beautiful. It responds to rest and self care and it responds to movement, but it responds to being respected and tended to like a garden. And so my hope is that I keep showing up and I keep doing what I'm doing and that those who, this is, you know, from my perspective, right? You're asking me. Yes, They show up as a member of Unicorn Wellness and that they see the shift and they make these changes and there's so much acceptance and so much love and grace, but real doing and real results in it. And that they go around, they turn around and they share it with somebody else, right? It's the ripple effect that we throw a pebble we keep mm-hmm. doing what we hear and see is right, in particular, and especially when it is not with the mainstream. It's really important to support women, women in business, small businesses, people that really resonate with us. And this is the power of a capitalist culture. Where we spend our dollars really matters yes. in all areas. And so when it comes to this, I mean, I've spent years, like over 20 some years, thinking about this and feeling capsized and frustrated and also getting to a point of like, I quit, I quit because it's not enough. It's not loud enough. Meanwhile, there's, I think I may botch this. And so somebody's probably going to correct me, but they can correct me. It may be Al Sharpton. It's like, you know, just run your lap. Like you don't have to solve everything. Just take your baton and run your lap. And I think about that all the time. Yeah. that I don't know that we can solve the whole thing. But what I can do is help my community and just continue to teach and hope that they share it. I mean, this is why I chose Unicorn Wellness as a name because some people still think, you know, pat me on the head and go, oh, that's so cute. Right. I'm like the symbolism <laughs> of unicorns, you know. <laughs> I play along with that. I get it. Um, <laughs> that the symbolism of unicorns is that they represent infinite hope and unlimited potential. And that in mythology, they only presented themselves to the true of heart. Like those who believe in healing, right? Those right. who are open and like willing. And that in that moment, they could bestow complete healing. Ah, interesting. And I like, you know, the explanation of the unicorn because, I mean, I really don't know outside of like looking at a unicorn going, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, you know, 
where where'd that come from? Like, what's the origin of a unicorn? And what's the, you know, what is the symbolism? And it, you know, so that's why people go to, oh, that's cute. Because we don't know what, yeah. what the meaning is behind it. So that's a really interesting explanation, an important explanation. And Tandy, I, we go back to being more, I do anyway, of being more conscious, being more aware and being present about what's going on. And as human beings, we can be more conscious, but I think we're so stuck in everything is so fast. Everything is, I wanted it yesterday. That sometimes yeah. we just need to slow down. And I don't think that people know how to do that anymore. Like they're getting caught up in like, like the white noise, the vastness yeah. of, you know, this super highway, the vastness of like, okay, they're going to have my answers because they're the know-alls, they're the doctors, and that's not the truth. They know a certain amount, and every human body, like you said, there's a baseline, and there are certain functions that are very similar for each of us, but there are things that are very different for each of us as well, and to understand that and accept that, be present and be conscious are all very important factors in really accepting the whole idea of being well. Yeah. If I can add a little to that, sure. because I think you're, yeah, like, yes. The, our culture disempowers us, particularly as women. That is fact. But it also has forgotten that we're built to thrive and we're built to heal. Western medicine and marketing has so much to do with liability and legality mm -hmm. that we, they can only say certain things. They can say certain things in certain terms. And none of that includes hope, potential, or healing. Right. Because hope, potential, and healing have to leave the window open for miracles, like for yeah. the unknown. Right. You know, but a human body is built to thrive. And this is, if I can be so bold, this is where Western culture, Western medicine, you know, does hinder things is that there is an assumption that it needs science or the extra layer to make it better. But when we leave the body to and support it and how it's built to thrive, it will heal. Because I think in all of the conversation that maybe the nutshell I'd, I'd just like to offer is that sure. I started getting better, that I'm, I'm a firm believer in the balance of humanity and divinity, right? Of right. science and um, nurture. Right. I had to have surgery. It reached that point. I need daily medication. That is fact for me to live. However, when I cleared out most of the medications I had prior. I cleared out everything I could, right? Realistically. Right. I cleared out all supplements, cleaned up my food, and I mean clean, like wow. organic, grass-fed, wild-caught. Like you get to basics. You get back to human basics. And the body can repair itself. And it does repair itself. And it will learn how to digest and it will heal the tissues in the gut. You know, it, we it's it's a balance of both things and a physical body is built to thrive if you look at infants and children and people who have things wrong people go like you said i mean like i said years 
really unwell right. and bodies keep going, they will do anything to keep us alive. Right. So if we minimally support that with the functions of how we're supposed to really function, sleep, whole real foods, not with chemicals, laden on it, you know, it's like these things genuinely matter. And I think that it's really important to, like you said, we are inundated in information like never before. And everyone in quotations is an expert. Yeah. But real and simple actually do always work. Well, and we just have to keep reminding right. ourselves and each other. And such important words, so important. Uh, you know, I just, I think there's just so much to offer and we could talk for so long about these things because they're so important. But I'm gonna ask you a couple of other quick questions. Okay. So you've developed the Unicorn Wellness Studio. You've also developed, you're, you're an author. So you, you created the Unicorn Wellness Handbook. You talk about journaling. Tell us how people can reach you, how they can you know, seek your services. Yeah, absolutely. Unicornwellnessstudio.com is the home base. Um, it's movement. It's guided meditation every month. I do have new and full moon tarot readings there. Um, and so this is the membership, the online studio of the daily practices. Um, but I have a weekly um, forecast where we talk about the astrology and the moon cycles in relation to our wellness, um, full circle mind, body, spirit. And that is going to be Mondays. We've, we've done a little moving with that one um, on Facebook, on the Unicorn Wellness page. Okay. And so that's, those are the easiest places to find me, Facebook um, and Instagram. On Instagram, it's Tandy underscore Gutierrez. But the practices are all there. Um, if anyone's ever interested in doing a deep dive session, a coaching session with me that does everything we go through all of your food we do a body alignment session we talk about movement we talk about self-care and lifestyle practices um those are at tandygutierrez.com okay great now if you were to leave there is so much wisdom offered here already today but if you were to in a snapshot so to speak give some words of wisdom what would you leave the listeners with today they're actually not my words, but it's such a beautiful quote and it has really led me in my life, honestly. Um, it's a quote from Audre Lorde and it's that caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Well, that's beautiful. I love those words of wisdom. They're so important to hold on to. And they're so important to put action to as well. So um, thank you, Tandy, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. I thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. If you'd like to know more about Tandy, please follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and go to unicornwellnessstudio.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, Send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. 
If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 